If you prime the nervous system, your results when you're in your actual environment are going to be much faster. So performance inevitably is going to go up. You're listening to the Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources, and inspiration to grow your fitness business and career, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au, where you can also find a huge range of online courses, many of them accredited for CECs and other professional development credits, with up to a massive 30% savings for members of Australian Fitness Network. And for an amazing weekend of face-to-face learning, be sure to register for Filex, the main event on the fitness industry calendar, at filex.com.au. Functional podiatrist and human movement specialist Dr. Emily Splickle and Animal Flow Master Trainer G. Tual talk about the similarities and differences in sensory perception between hand and foot grip, how to make your clients move better, and the effects of specifically textured surfaces on stabilization with the fitness industry podcast Spell Fong. All right, Emily and G, welcome to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks, Belle. How did the two of you come up with the topic grip and ground sensory play? I had uh, started with the idea. I've always been a big fan of barefoot training and doing animal flow as well. I wanted to integrate the hands with it. So I reached out to Emily last year and said, hey, I would love to use the Naboso mats in the session. And that turned into the question of, are you coming back to Phylex? And if so, would you like to join me in that session? And she replied, yes, which I'm very excited about. (laughs) Awesome. So you talk about the importance of sensory stimulation. How does that relate to optimizing things like balance, coordination, mobility and strength? So a lot of the approach that we were taking and that we do take is the stimulation of the hands associated with grip and then stimulation of the skin in the bottom of the feet, how that translates to better balance, better stability, better force. So to optimize grip, you want to think of how can I get as much sensory stimulation coming in through the skin in the hands to optimize foot strength, foot to core, balance stabilization. Same thing. How can I optimize sensory stimulation through the skin in the bottom of my feet? Yeah, cool. So from a sensory perspective, what's the difference between the hands and feet? So they're actually very similar. The skin on the hands and the feet have the same types of mechanoceptors or nerve endings. The hands actually have almost 20,000 mechanoceptors, where the feet have 104. So the sensitivity, that's a big difference. Mm -hmm. The sensitivity of the hands is much higher. If you're thinking of like small object manipulation and fine motor skill of the hand, obviously that's a little bit different than how we need and use the foot. But from a nerve specificity, they're the same. Okay, cool. So is there a correlation, I guess, between them or do you think that they're, are they completely separate? A correlation as far as grip. Mm -hmm. And if you understand what the skin and the hands and the feet are sensitive to, which is two-point discrimination or texture, skin stretch, and then vibration, we can think of how could we use those different stimuli to improve grip strength or to improve balance and foot function. We actually experience a lot more vibration through our feet because that's what impact forces are, where grip would be more the skin stretch, the texture. So if you're holding onto a bar or you're you're carrying something heavy, a kettlebell, things like that, then it is the stretch of the skin and the skin nerves that's telling you, okay, am I gripping it strong enough? Do I have to tighten my grip? So 
similar, but what we experience in the feet is just slightly different than in the hands. Okay, awesome. Gee, what specific drills do you think PTs can implement in their programs to enhance hand and foot connection? A lot of them. I think from I think first of all would be to understand and being aware of the that the grip the, the grip from the hands and the feet are, are not separate. And I think if you go to any gym, people just pick up bars, kettlebells, dumbbells, and just use them without really thinking of how to integrate that with the body. For me, in, in, in ski training and other movement training, I believe that from a grip perspective, power comes from the ground. So the importance of the foot and how you generate power from pushing the foot into the ground, strength will be coming from the core and you get more control from the hands from that. So if you take examples of sports like tennis or any, any racket sports, boxing or even skiing, you, you have to get this integration from, from all of it. So using any tools that are where you're going to be gripping and twisting the hands, trying to bend, to push or pull while you're performing the exercise, you're going to integrate more towards the core. Can you give us an example of what, like an exercise that would involve that? Simply, for example, a, a squat or a lunge perspective, holding a stick in your hands, and as you're driving the hands and the, the, the base foot into the ground, you will have an action of pulling or pushing the stick or bending or twisting with your hands. You will get more integration from the ground and from the hands into your core. Interesting. Okay. Emily, you're the founder and CEO of Naboso Barefoot Technology. Tell us about the proprioceptive training mat. So Naboso is is a textured mat, proprioceptive mat, and across the entire mat there are little pyramids, little 1.5 millimeter pyramids that are spaced across the entire mat designed to stimulate a very specific nerve in the feet. The nerve in the feet, or or the hands technically, is sensitive to the two-point discrimination. So if you remember I had said there's three main stimuli, two-point discrimination is one. So the Naboso products are targeting that nerve and because we have a very specific textural design, it's a texture or a stimulus that the brain recognizes. So a lot of the results that we see, and I know Guy in, in integrates it a lot with his clients, is if you use a specific texture, not just a random sandpaper or astroturf or something like that, you'll actually see very quick stabilization responses, more power. If people have instability, whether it's a neurological condition or associated with it, that you'll see a very obvious shift. We're seeing those changes and those positive effects because of the specificity, because of it being two-point discrimination versus just another random texture. Mm, Yeah, interesting. So, G, you've used this mat in your own training with your clients. What's the feedback been like and how does it compare to training without it? The first thing is when people get out of the mat, there is this, oh, that's different. And what I find is that very soon there is, I see them just starting to walk on the mat and just move their feet. And it's almost like it just awakens an awareness of the body. And I usually give them a few minutes just to get get used to it. And I love watching their reactions. And from that perspective, I have seen my clients coming to the, the studio before even I get there, pull out the mat and start doing their warm-up on it or just trying some basic movements or quadrupedal movements. Mm-hmm. I just love seeing that because I don't even have to tell them. And they obviously, if either it's conscious or unconscious, they definitely feel something that they recognize is helping them. In terms of ski training or rehabilitation, that has helped me a lot to get more awareness. So 
when I get people to cue them, when I get them into a Nebosa mat, they respond much, much quicker than if they were on any other ground or if they were simply wearing shoes. So one of my rules right now is that we just ditch the shoes when we get into the studio and most of the time we perform the exercise on the Nebosa mat. The times that we don't do on the Nebosa mat, I mostly get clients going like, can we use the mat again? Mm-hmm. So it just makes me happy. And so if people out there that are listening have never used the mat before or never seen anything about it, how, I guess how would you describe the texture to some Somebody. So again, it's <laughs> it's little pyramids. So what would it be analogous to? I guess it's hard to say what it would be analogous to because there's not a product that exists <laughs> like this That's on the market. It's it's different than the sensation through. I would say turf would be you know an example. There are some like river rock mats that are out there. That's a louder stimulus. There's also reflexology. Think like plastic pieces that are coming up. I mean, that's very loud stimulus. We are intentionally designed to be subtle, almost like it's background noise that is stimulating your nervous system, but it's still, it's background noise, but it's loud enough that you're conscious of it, you're aware of it. And that consciousness of the texture forces you or allows you to tune into your feet. And that's a big thing that that I speak about with the nervous system is whether it's the hands or the feet or whatever it is, is you want to tune into them. Most people tune out their feet just like they tune out lots of other Mm. stimuli that's happening throughout their environment. The more we tune into our feet, the better you're thinking of your foot placement, the better you're thinking of your foundation, you're doing actual conscious engagement of your feet or short foot, which as G had mentioned, ties into core stabilization, grip strength, hand strength. It's it's a really powerful effect that is quite surprising to people. And do you think people, for example, like athletes, like runners, that kind of stuff, like is the demographic shifting more towards like people that are athletes using these mats or is it just kind of everyday everyday Joe, Joe Blow coming to use these mats? Yeah, so we have three main verticals that we target, medical, performance, and wellness. Fitness could kind of go either way of wellness and performance, but we do have more and more from the performance side. I know in the States, we have a lot of professional teams that are using it, a lot of collegiate sports that are using it. And then here in Australia, we see the same thing. A lot of rugby players that are using it, netballers, Even people that are in seemingly stiffer shoes like hockey, skiing, anything cleated, swimming. I mean, sports that aren't even like on land. Mm -hmm. (laughs) People understand the power of pre-activating the nervous system, priming the nervous system before you get in the water, you get on the field, you get on the slopes. If you prime the nervous system, your results when you're in your actual environment are going to be much faster So performance inevitably is going to go up. Yeah, right. Super interesting. So how would you describe fascial tensioning to a first-time PT and how is this going to help their clients achieve their goals? So fascial tensioning, as she is looking at me, uh, (laughs) is... uh, (laughs) So fascial tensioning is... Think of the concept of tensegrity. So people who are familiar with fascial lines, Thomas Myers, anatomy trains, all of that... The concept of tensegrity is built into the philosophy of fascia, especially fascia lines. And what tensegrity means is integrated tension. So the concept of fascial stability is tension. Tension is a 
sensation of, let's say, if you engage your core, your TVA, the sensation of what you feel is not really the contraction, but I describe it as tension. So fascial tensioning is the result of the muscles contracting. You get higher fascial tension through isometric contractions. And that isometric contraction into fascial tension or stability, you can actually stack it or integrate it with other areas of the body. So a big thing that how I use it and how I know G uses it is if you engage your core and then you engage your feet, technically you're stacking or you're connecting two different areas of the body through fascial lines and tension. You then engage your hands, make a fist. Well, now I just added another layer of tension or stability. I stacked it. I became more stable. So it takes tensegrity, fascial lines, integrated fascial lines into how it actually translates to stability and muscle contractions. Did you want to add anything, G? Yeah, the Sherrington's lower irradiation very much says that if you if you're going to be working a muscle in some some exercise or a drill it's going to also activate the neighboring muscles and the more you're going to actually fine-tune and, and drive the neural activity towards those neighboring muscles the more you're going to drive up the contraction of the tension of the primary mover so for example if you're thinking of a push-up the main muscles, the primary muscles will be, for example, your pectorals and your and your triceps. But the more you're going to be engaging the hands and you're going to go distal towards this primary mover and the more you're going to be focusing on that and creating tension through them, the more you're going to drive, the more you're going to increase the drive of your pectoral and your, and your triceps. So you're going to get a better output of strength and performance by going distal to proximal towards those primary movers. Okay, cool. Just one last question. If you, I guess, rewound to say 10 years ago when you kind of, I mean, I'm not sure when you came up with this idea, this concept of this mat, is there anything that you wish you had known, I guess, 10 years ago prior to knowing all about this stuff of, you know, sensory play and grip and that kind of stuff? I wish I had known that 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had the mat and the soles 10 years ago. Just for me, just the experience of being barefoot. And I took uh, Emily's course on barefoot training uh, a couple of years ago. And it was just absolutely mind, mind-blowing, just looking at the evolution of the, of the body. And I've been worked in the ski industry where I looked at the f- f- people from a, f- a foot perspective. That would have helped a lot more to get the connection. And like Emily said before, the awareness, especially in the fitness industry, nobody cares about the feet. Mm. We are bipedal beings and we are granted uh, with our feet. And there's these days, especially also if you look at the shoe industry, we get even more and more disconnected. Mm. And a lot of things, a lot of problems, I believe, in in the human body these days happen because there's a massive disconnection with the feet. So Mm. getting people back to tuning into how they stand and how they move and how they they connect themselves with the ground and with their feet, whether it's a joint, bone, fascia or nervous or muscular system, can definitely make everything else we do for our clients much better. Cool. Thanks both for your time today. If listeners want to find out more information about you, where should they go? So I'm on every, almost every social platform, (laughs) as is probably everyone else. So you can find me there. My education company is EBFA Global. So that's on the social platforms, but that's also the URL. And then Naboso is N-A-B-O-S-O Technology. That's the URL for the website, as well as social platforms. Okay, great. My company is Peak Movement. I operate out of Sydney. Same thing, 
on Facebook and Instagram under Peak Movement Australia. Awesome. Thanks so much for talking to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. For a huge range of online courses for fitness professionals, including the in-depth corrective exercise trainer course, fully accredited for CECs and other continuing education points, go to the network website, select the courses tab and click on corrective exercise. The corrective exercise trainer specialization includes comprehensive modules on structural assessment, muscles and movement, fundamentals of corrective exercise and corrective exercise program design. Network members save up to 30%. So head to fitnessnetwork.com.au today to grow your skill set and fitness career. And for an amazing weekend of face-to-face learning, be sure to register for Filex, the main event on the fitness industry calendar at filex.com.au.